I'm fiercely proud of it. Hello, you're on the air. Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. You can't say that on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Hello, you're on the air. Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to HWA Radio here, and this is going to be the preview show to Halloween Hullabaloo. Joining me, as always, is good old CR. Well, it's going to be here, Keys. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. We've got to cover those 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 matches for the big upcoming pay-per-view on Halloween night. My God. That's right, we do. Fortunately, we're going to be saving a little time on power rankings because, well, they haven't changed. <laughs> so if you want to know what the power rankings are, listen to last week's show. <laughs> we'll keep it simple here <laughs> because, we got, like, like I said, we got a lot to cover. Let's, uh, let's get into the show 46 recap, the uh, hangover show, I'm calling it. <laughs> Man, I was, I was sweating like a fucking pig. <laughs> I had to turn the fan on me. I took my damn shirt off. I was... I was half butt naked announcing that show. <laughs> I'm sure the guys glad uh, I wasn't in the booth for yeah, that one. <laughs> there were a lot of people who were happy not to have, have seen that. But uh, we did. We did start the, uh, the this brand new thing. It's called the Bitch of the Ball Tournament. It's uh, something that it's an HWA original, if you if you will. And uh, what we did, we, we took the two top ranked stats, uh, ranked by stats, the women. Uh, the first and second, the, who had the best uh, win record. And we put them up against the, a pairing of the lowest four ranked. Uh, now, then the, the final match then pits a winner in a uh, every woman for themselves kind of match. This is a, a brainchild of Pedro, who, um, well, <laughs> yeah, you say things about Pedro that uh, aren't, aren't so flattering. But uh, in this case, he's, he's creative if he isn't anything else. But uh, have you ever seen anything like this done in wrestling that you know of? Well, no, it's a you know pre- pretty innovative concept uh, coming out of the mind of our somewhat deranged commissioner these days. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be putting a lot of likes to put a lot of matches together these days, and uh, you know, we'll have something to say about that a little later off in the show. But uh, yeah, it was a unique concept, and uh, the way it played out was uh, very interesting. Yeah, he definitely got his hands in a lot of things nowadays. Pedro really hands on, uh, hands on. Uh, I almost said manager. He's uh, the, the, the commissioner, uh, if you have to call him that. But uh, uh, this past show, uh, well, let's see, we started off with a very interesting matchup. Now you have the women's world champion facing the challenger at Hella Blue, but she, uh, but the challenger has a partner with her this time. Now BT is one of those headstrong wrestlers that's that, that she's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. But if you're Joe Petito, or do would you try to convince BT? Uh, just to kind of go easy in there, get a little practice, and maybe just take a pin in a situation like this? Well, this was the one match that I really couldn't understand, and I know the concept and, and, and how the people were put in this match, but I just don't see putting the champion in the match against her opponent uh, a week before. It, I thought it kind of takes away from the, the, the excitement of the actual match at Hell Blue, but who am I to say? Uh, but yeah, if I was Joe, I think maybe there was a little bit of, uh, hey, you know what? Get in there, get some licks in. Maybe if you'd take uh, Lucy's knee out or something, uh, you know, get out of dodge, but whatever. But don't get hurt and, and just let's save it for the let's save it for the big match. You know, don't don't uh, don't overdo it on this one. Well, if I was either either one of those wrestlers, I would I might have considered it like a, a preseason game, uh, if you will. That uh, it would be like uh, you'd be able to see what they got it what they got for you and get a feel for them, and, and then ne- next week you're all warmed up and you, know, you can really go at it. So I mean that would that would have been the case this week. Only it wasn't even a full week; it was uh, six days. But uh, this match, I mean, did have a pretty wild twist at the end. You got Lucy Fur coming in to break up the pin uh, for, for her partner, uh, the, which was Trina at the time. Uh, BT retaliates, but instead of turning their attention on tr- to, to go back to Trina, like because uh, Lucy Fur would have gotten out of, out of the ring, uh, she just keeps wailing on Lucy. And uh, even when Trina popped up and came after BT, God, this was hilarious. She came after BT. Uh, God didn't even acknowledge she was there, just kind of completely ignoring her. Uh, she went up to the top rope, jumped right over, uh, right over Trina. 
<laughs> like she was a ghost and uh she missed the they missed the elbow drop there and after that it was uh, academic but uh, uh was this an attempt uh, at, at intimidation against lucy uh for bt going into the big match i think maybe she was trying to soften her up a little bit uh, uh you know going after her saying hey this is what you, you got coming up maybe it was intimidation whatever but you know, she's the one she's going to be facing at the, uh, at the pay-per-view, and maybe she figured maybe she'd get a few good licks in. Maybe she'd bust her up a little bit, and uh, it'll carry over to the next match. All right. Well, that will be the conclusion of the uh, BT Trina Vanderskank Lucifer match, and our, our two women go on, the, the, the team of Trina and Lucy. So now we have the next round. Now this was the this was the big girl <laughs> Masato Mayhem, uh, her and Katie Bang, who aren't in, aren't in fact appearing in Halloween Hell Blue, uh, but you also have Misty Furberger, who is scheduled to defend her national belt on Halloween. Now, uh, this is slightly different in that you have a partner uh, that can do most of the work here, but it's also a case that I mean you're eventually going to get in the ring, and if your partner wins or, or you win then you have another match doubling your work right there so i mean what kind of game plan uh, would you formulate going into a situation situation like this if you're uh, a belt holder considering that they uh you know um they compete and again you have some some uh i don't really think we, we mentioned this but uh they, the these tag teams working together but they they work for different stables and uh you know you never know uh, maybe katie bank is uh, trying to further uh, uh, her own agenda uh, thinking that, you know, maybe if she can do something, and uh, I know, I don't know when she's coming up for a title match against uh, Misty Farberger or if she is, but maybe she figures, uh, you know, I don't know. It, 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 the whole concept to me was weird this close to a pay-per-view, but uh, if I'm Misty Farberger, I don't want to be going on. I want to uh, just get out of this match unscathed and get ready to defend my title at the pay-per-view. I, I understood what you were talking about there a second ago. It's like maybe uh, Katie Bang trying to get the inside scoop on her. Uh, getting some building some knowledge, she might not face her right away, but she can always uh, look look back at that match and see. Oh, she! I noticed she did this, so uh, that might help her a little later on down the line. I'll, I'll agree with that. But uh, Katie started the match out, and there was only one tag. So when Misty came in, uh, she put a move or two on Masato, and then Masato just takes over. Now we we see her put the slow boat to China on Misty. She could have easily pinned right after that. I I had no doubt uh, that that coming up from that high, slamming down, you just you just want to get it over with. But then right after that, she doesn't even go for the pin. She get, she gets another slow boat to China. Now was this some sort of maliciousness? We know that uh, you know Masato is not going to the pay per view, maybe out of jealousy that she's going up against this person, uh, someone she, she just wants to punish. Or was, was this the case of Masato really wanting to try to get this bitch of the ball? Uh, it's, it's not even a belt. It's not a trophy or anything. It's just a certificate. Uh, but, I mean, does she really – is is a, a championship a championship no matter what? Masato wants to win at all costs. And, and I think that's just in, in her nature. Uh, and she is a very uh, powerful woman. She's very intense in that ring. Uh, hasn't had some a lot of success in title matches lately. And I think that's kind of bitter. But – Let's not forget Misty Ferber, the women's national champion. I think part of this was Masato sending a message saying, you know what? If we if we mix it up together in a one on one match, this is what you got coming for you. This is what I'm this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take that belt away from you. Just know what's in store for you. So it could have been a little bit of uh passive aggressive intimidation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, when we start up the season again, or the next season, it's uh, we're going to see Masato, man. We're going to see Katie Bang. Uh, we're going to see these, uh, these women coming up for these championship belts, either they, whether it be the, the world championship or the national. But uh, we'll definitely see them, and uh, they're they're getting they they got a little bit of practice in here for for this uh, late late in the season bye week. Uh, 
then of course we had the finals, what we call the finals. And now, I mean, it could have been a fatal four way. It could have been a one-on-one, uh, but as fate had it, it was in fact a triple threat match. Now we've had some lengthy battles in triple threat action, but nothing prepared me for the length of this match. I mean, this was a true battle. Well, we always talk about the, the triple threat matches and the, and the fatal four ways that they're going to be long matches uh, because nine times out of 10, you're going to have somebody breaking up the pinning predicament, uh, you know, unless you can limit, you know, incapacitate two or three of the wrestlers so that you can get a pin. But yeah, I mean, all three of these women were, 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 were fighting like uh, their lives were on the line. If you ask me, it was almost like they were in the three strikes tournament and nobody wanted to lose. So sure. You know, like I said, we have these matches, they're going to go a long way. And, and this one didn't, uh, didn't disappoint. Yeah. Well, including the entrances, it probably not only knocked about four minutes off it, it timed as a 25 minute match. Uh, and when, when you got a case like that, I mean, there's so much to talk about. You can't cover it all, but uh, I know at least one of the highlights uh, was the clip that was replayed right in the middle of the match. Uh, I, every once in a while, they'll do that to me. Uh, they just throw an instant replay in there. But uh, this is this is where Trina gives Masato the scissor throw and sends her flying, uh, actually airborne, head first into the barricade. Now, Masato kept wrestling. Uh, she's a tough girl, as you know. But uh, what, what was the damage report from CSC? Was there any concern after that move about a concussion or even neck issues? No, no, there was there was no problem. The, you know, those, those uh, barricades are padded. Uh, Masada was able to kind of get her hands up a little bit and, and, and cushion the blow, if you will. And uh, I don't think uh, maybe just temporarily a little bit of a, a shock more than anything else. But I don't think there was any. Uh, there's going to be not going to be any lingering health issues for her. Okay. Well, she's got uh, she got six weeks to take care of uh, well take care of Saul <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> oh dear God! I don't even think about that. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and talk about the end of the match. You had Lucy rolling uh, out of the ring after a move that was put on her. Then uh, Trina hits a superplex on Masato. Good, nice high flying action there. Lucy re-enters the ring, but instead of attacking Trina, she takes her and throws her into the corner where Masato is. Kind of like uh, taking a stake and throwing it into a the, the pit of a uh, like a hungry pit bull or something like that. Masato, in response, does a second rope DDT on Trina, but Lucy is right there to set up the Brimstone Bulldog as, uh, as I think Trina was rolling out, and uh, that was it. I mean, we've seen this time and time again. You got the Ass Clown Coven. They may not have the biggest wrestlers. Uh, they certainly aren't the fastest, but when it comes to timing and strategy, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better team, uh, be it on the female or the male side. Well, certainly, uh, but you, you talk about uh, – we always said uh, – that Lucy Fur is one of the one of the few women that can match up with Masato. I mean, I don't know whether it's because of the heels. They're almost about the same height. I mean, Masato is a very very tall woman, and uh, I think they might have wrestled once before. And I think uh, Lucy might have got a win over. I don't know if my memory serves me right or not, but it doesn't matter. In these type of matches, how many times you see that scavenger pin, or you see the the person? It's just like a ladder match. The person just seems to find that that little uh, opportunity, that little that little opening to win the match. And, and that's what it's all about in these matches. And, and like I said, you know, they, 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 they go on for so long uh, because it's tough to get a pin. Uh, there's always somebody breaking it up. Nobody wants to lose. And unless you can incapacitate, you know, in, in a triple threat, you got to incapacitate two women to get a pin and in a fatal four way, it's three. So it's a lot harder for those matches, but uh, certainly did come in, but uh, she was in the right place at the right time to, to hit that move and in the match. It might be luck or it might've been uh, just knowing what, what was coming up and, grabbing it but uh, regardless you got the bitch of the ball and that is your lucy fur uh for this year and next year will be a little different we'll have to see who has the the stat the standings and all that by then but uh let's go ahead and talk about the the much more serious side of it uh of the bye week we uh well we started with eight men to, in, in a battle to keep their jobs this week we were down to four uh, on the chopping block first up 
You had Mr. Q, you had Nico Inoki. And I got to say, I was surprised by Q. Uh, I thought Nico, with his high flying and uh, all that energy, he was going to be able to take over the, the, the technician. But uh, the first few minutes were absolutely dominated by Nico. Uh, Q got a few licks in, but then we saw the, the Superman style knee drop. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I mean, that was an amazing move. Absolutely jaw dropping that he would fly that far <laughs> across the ring. I was, at, I was at a loss. It was tremendous. A tremendous move. I, I, I couldn't believe uh, what I was seeing in the. Uh, just goes to show the skill of that man. Well, after that, we saw some high flying action by Q himself. Uh, he he got up there. Uh, he was a uh, the, the big old macho elbow. We called it on Nico, and then he gives him the F five ringer that makes him bloody. Now I don't know if we talked about. Uh, sometimes it fires you up. Sometimes it drains it out of you. But uh, with that pin, and <laughs> well, we've seen it before, and I'm afraid it's here to stay. Now Kangaroo Jones is a great guy. Uh, he hits the canvas to begin the count. Chaz hits the apron, and then Jones pops up to, to attend to him. Now this is a minor infraction. It, it kind of bugs me, but uh, you know, interference is interference. It's just going to be part of the game. But otherwise, I'm honestly, I, th- I think Jones is a fine addition to the HWA. He did a hell of a job that night. Yeah, you know, it, it's always going to happen. I mean, every one of these men that. Uh the, the, the companies, uh, the, the wrestlers to ringside, they all have their own agenda. They want to want to help their men win. There's going to, you know, whether they throw a chair in or they jump up and do whatever. Uh, I, I think, over, I mean, Kangaroo Jones, does he want to go through with the count? Uh, I guess he could. May, I don't know. But, it, hey, uh, I will not. Uh, you won't, I, I find no qualms with the way he uh, officiated the entire uh, the evening. Uh, I, I guess it's just going to happen. Maybe it's just a reflex for, for you know, maybe the – the more he gets to, to see how these guys are, he'll just, oh, well, they're up on April again to hell and screw them and count their pack. But, you know, and you talk about, uh, you know, Chaz, he was out there and, you know, we said he was going to try to do everything he could uh, to keep uh, his wrestlers from being put in the uh, the last match predicament of, uh, of, a, of a loser uh, having to having to be fired. So, but I think Kangaroo Jones overall did a, did a wonderful job and I look forward to seeing him in uh, next season. Let's go ahead and buzz to the uh, end of the match here. You got Nico going for the splash, but uh, we've seen this before too. This is a very impressive by Q. He catches him out of the air, gives him a, a, a spin, spins him around, gives him another F five ringer, and then three counts later, you had Nico in a very unenvi- unenviable position. Uh, he will be the first of the the two in the final three strikes match this Saturday. Now you, you had to when Nico came up the ramp, uh, you talked with uh, Chaz as well. What was Chaz's first response to this uh, this situation that just fell upon him? Well, I mean, obviously he's not, he wasn't happy. Um, anytime, like we said, uh, Nico's in this in this finals for this uh, this uh, backward back ass backward bass backward tournament, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Another brainchild of our brilliant commissioner and. Uh, <laughs> He's not too happy about it, but, uh, you know, I think he really didn't blame Nico. I mean, uh, Mr. Q wrestled a good match and just happened to get the three count. And, uh, you know, they're going to move on and prepare for uh, prepare for the pay-per-view and do everything they can to keep Nico employed. So here comes the uh, other determiner that we're going to talk about, the second, second ma- fifth match of the night, I guess you could say, second of the tourney. And uh, it, was a, it was a nerve-wracking match. I mean, this time it isn't so cloudy, though. Like, we were not shocked when uh, Pedro chose one of CSC's most intimidating wrestlers in corporal punishment. Uh, we weren't surprised by the jaded officiating by Jimmy Fong, giving Bandit the, the win in the first round, which is still ridiculous. I'm just glad he's gone. Uh, however, continuing the imperative, actually, on the other side, uh, we were not taken back by one pissed-off corporal taking care of business on Sunday. I know. I, if there was ever a man that used the term a man on a mission, it was the corporal. And uh, I felt really bad for Bufu. The corporal was uh, was not going to be denied in that match. Yeah, let's talk about Bufu. Uh, or, or actually, more importantly, let's talk about Keys helping out Bufu. Bufu sends the corporal out of the ring, right over the top rope. Keys immediately walks over to pick him up. Now, 
This is a no-no, even though it wasn't particularly on the offensive, as you might say. Uh, there was a little more back and forth, but then the corporal starts to get the upper hand. He starts to gain momentum. Then Keys comes over and just gives the corporal a double collarbone punch. Uh, with Pedro's zero-tolerance policy, I saw the report, and it says that Keys was fined $25,000 for that. But I'm also hearing that if Keys tries, this is a stipulation coming up here, if Keys tries anything like that at Hella Blue, he will be fined 10 times, quarter of a million dollars, and he will be suspended for 90 days starting starting the return on December 18th. Not from the, the pay-per-view, but from December 18th. Now, it, you've, you've been a little closer backstage, uh, back to the front office. Is this true? And if so, do you, do you think Keyes can keep himself in check through the pay-per-view? Well, that's what I heard. I heard, uh, you know, Pedro, he's he, he doesn't want these managers in there getting physically involved in these matches. I mean, after what we saw with uh, with Joe Petito and the triple powerbomb uh, winning the, the tag titles for the Trailer Park Posse, uh, I think Pedro, uh, he, he really got upset with that. And and he, he doesn't want these managers to be uh, any, he doesn't want them to be physical, you know, no physical contact, no, no hands-on type of stuff. Uh, and I think there's varying degrees. You know, how many times do we see a manager goes over and, you know, just picks somebody up and rolls them back in the ring? Well, that's not really getting physical with them. You're not adding any more punishment to them unless you count what happens to them once they get back in the ring. But uh, so, yeah, Pedro uh, isn't happy. There was a fine. And uh, do I think Keys can keep himself in check? He's going to have to, uh, unless he wants to be out a, a nice chunk of change and uh, miss 90 days of uh, wrestling. So uh, he's going to have to exercise some self-control, which is awfully hard for those boys from the Ask Clown Coven, if you ask me. I can't even imagine what the team would be like without the manager. It'd be like the, uh, the insane asylum and all the doctors are gone. <laughs> They're on their own from now on. So uh, let's see. But Bufu did put forth a pretty good effort, I will say, at least better than he's had has been. Uh, we saw him with a splash off the top rope that almost put <laughs> almost put the corporal's head in his chest cavity. Honestly, <laughs> that could have been a really dangerous move. And uh, he he nearly got a pin off the scary go round. Uh, two uh, two and nine tenths count there. Sharp count by Kangaroo. As I say, good job there. Uh, but it all came down, or it all came apart, I should say, uh, when he tossed Bufu into the air, spears him <laughs> right through, right in midair onto that chair. And then he follows that up with a backdrop on the chair. You kind of using the chair uh, inadvertently. Uh, then, well, actually planned it. But uh, then there's the, the, of course, the patented unlucky seven, and uh, that was all she wrote. There, Bufu is facing Nico for the final curtain. And these two guys, I mean, you talk about the, the physical game, there's so much training you can do, but the mental aspect, how do these two wrestlers psychologically prepare for going in, into a match that could be their last in their, in their career? Well, right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, th- they got to prepare like this is their last match. You have to do everything you can, pull out all the stops. And and, and not just for these wrestlers, but uh, what are these managers going to do? Uh, I'm sure that they, they neither one of them wanted to see either in, any of their wrestlers in this position. Now, here you are. So uh, it's not just how these wrestlers prepare psychologically, but how do these managers uh, game plan? What, what, what kind of, uh, you know, things are they trying to do? How are they trying to keep their wrestlers uh, in the game and get them prepared? It's like, so it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's going to take everyone. It's going to be a concerted effort, and this this is going to be a very uh, very difficult match. Uh, you know, I'd ha- I'd hate to see either one of these men uh, fired because I have that much respect for both of them. And uh, we all know how I like to say "boofoo, boofoo, boofoo." <laughs> so if he's not around anymore, I just take something out of old uh, CR's uh, bag of tricks. So uh, I I really hate to see both of these men in that position, but it's going to be going to be a good match. It's going to be for all the marbles and. Uh, uh, hopefully, it's a clean match and the best man wins. Maybe next time around, Rubber Duck will be in it, and then uh, <laughs> you had something going. Well, there. if only, <laughs> if only. I, uh, I well, I better watch what I say. <laughs> well, keep, I don't want to. That's how I got in trouble in the first place. <laughs> that is, in fact, the bye week. Uh, like I say, some some good events, surprisingly, for the off week that we had. 
But now we got to talk about the big one, the biggest event of the HWA calendar. It is Halloween Hellabaloo number three, and we're going to break it down here for you right now. We'll give you the full uh, preview. Starting off with the tag team or tag, yeah, the tag team championship match. You got the bodily functions going up against the Trailer Park Posse. Now, the bodily functions, as, as we've seen, they've they've improved dramatically. Uh, the Trailer Park Posse is is a tag team to beat, though. Of all the of all the tag teams, the, the current ones that have started out since we've done the tag team thing, uh, the Trailer Park Posse. And if I'll say this, if the bodily functions act flawlessly, if they if they execute everything perfectly, they can win this tag team match. If they don't, if they, if they make a single flaw, I think the trailer park posse is going to pounce on them like, uh, like a crack horror on a, on a nickel bag. Well, I agree with you. I agree with everything you said. The, uh, you know, we talked about how the bodily functions were pretty much a joke when they first came in and, uh, we, we made, made a lot of fun of them and here they are, uh, wrestling for the, uh, for all the marbles. Uh, and of course it's, it, it's all going to come down to, you know, the trailer park posse, they got Joe Petito at old Hollywood Joe. They got him uh, outside the ring, and he he mixed it up before and helped them win the title. So I don't know what's going to happen if he's going to get himself involved in this one or not. But uh, it should be an interesting match. And and again, we're just one of those situations where uh, you know a couple months ago, if you'd have said, told me that our next pay per view, the bodily function will be wrestling for the uh, tag team title, I'd have said you're out of your mind. All right, next up we have the women's national title match. It's going to be Maggie Skookamungamungachuk. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie Skookumchuk, seriously, uh, against the the defending champion here, the Misty Furberger, and uh, well, this one here, like I said, these are these ones are tough to call because you got Maggie Skookumchuk, who's only wrestled like two or three matches, uh, and we haven't seen a whole lot from her going up against Misty Furberger. So in a case like this, uh, even though uh, Maggie is a big girl, and we're going to see great things from her. Uh, with her with her bucket ass and all that, uh, but uh, I think since Misty Ferger has has the experience in the HWA, I'm going to go ahead and give her the edge on this one for the for the national title. Well, as I look at this match with uh, Maggie Skunk Woodchuck and uh, Misty Ferberger, <laughs> uh, you know, outside of that TLC match, which I'm not even sure, I I, I don't know if one of those new girls is managed by the Admiral or not, but uh, this may be the Admiral's only action in this. And, uh, and I think he's uh, probably a little bit uh, upset with that. So uh, I think the Admiral's going to do everything he can to help Misty Furberger win, but it's going to be going to be a tall order because uh, old Bucket, I mean, uh, Maggie Skookamunga, <laughs> she, uh, she's a big girl. You know, they grow them big on the farm, and uh, she hasn't missed too many meals. She'll probably eat a couple extra pancakes that morning to help her out. So it's uh, going to be a tall order for Misty. But I think the Admiral, uh, he's determined to hold on to that title. Uh, like I said, the, uh, this may be his only uh, only or only dog in this fight as it is. It is so uh, it's going to be a hard match. Uh, Maggie's a newcomer, uh, you know. I would it might well they're both kind. Well, Maggie's the newest. Missy's uh, relatively new herself, and uh, you know let's not forget who she upset for that title. Yeah, I don't know. It should be a good match. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the champion of this one. All right, so we'll miss, miss Misty on that one. Uh, next up, of course, oh the the dramatic one. The uh, we're having this three matches in the stri- three strikes tournament. Nico and Oki, Bufu the clown, and I don't even want to say it. I really don't. I don't want to say that Bufu doesn't have what it takes to go up against Nico, but I think in this case it's going to be all Nico. He's he's got the high flying, and after that that match losing against Q, he's got to be fired up. He he, I know he wants to stay around. Bufu's been around, and he's just I I don't even know what to say about Bufu, but I I think I think he's going to be going home uh, for the duration. Bufu has been on a on a he just hasn't been the same since he changed. He's just been on a downward spiral. Uh, has not had any success uh, most of this season. And uh, Nico Inoki, uh, you know he's up and down. 
uh, one week he looks unbeatable. The next week you, you're scratching your head saying, what the hell's he doing in there? And, uh, uh the wild card in this match is, uh, is neat. Chaz Seidner. I don't think there's any way he lets Nico, uh, lose this match. I think by hook or by crook, Nico is going to be, going to be the man that's uh, victorious. He's got to jump in there with a chair and beat Bufu himself. He's going to do it. <laughs> I think if he's got to get in there with a gun and shoot everybody, he'll do it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, I'm not encouraging any violence, but. So to speak, I think Chaz would knock out uh, Bufu, the referee, Keys, and half the uh, people in the stands. Take That's out, what it took. Take out the Mexican announcers while you're at it, too. They're whatever. Nice. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> whatever it takes, he's going to try to hold on to. So I I look for Nico in this one. I, I just think Bufu's been snake bitten. Uh, God bless the man. If uh, Good luck in his future endeavors if he does lose. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, find some place to, to maybe go back to children's parties and stop defecating on the cake as a, as a oh, grand finale. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, after that, we got something a little more perky. It's the television title match. It's going to be Fritz Von Stone versus Sabu. Now, these two ma- these two guys started in the HWA. They they were the first, uh, well, first of 10, 10 total wrestlers. A lot of them are gone, but uh, they've stuck around. Fritz Von Stone, Sabu, and Sabu's been holding on to that belt a long time, but he's gone up against, uh, let's see, he was up against Booger, Booger Dude. He was up against uh, Gluteus Maximus, and he was up against, most recently, uh, it was Bob Zombie, and he won from that. But Bob Zombie's a big guy, but he's also not that experienced. Going up against uh, Fritz von Stone, I think, I don't think Sabu, I think Sabu's lost his touch with wrestlers and now he's going up against somebody, uh, who has, has the experience. I'm looking for Fritz to win this, to be perfectly honest. I I think Sabu, he might be ready to move on. He might not be, but, uh, Fritz is probably going to take the choice out of his hands. You know, looking at this match, I, uh, you know, Sabu is his last uh, three title defenses have been against a relatively, well, I won't say inexperienced, but. Uh, you know, newcomers to the uh, to the HWA, and like uh, like you said, I mean, Sabu and Fritz go back a long way to the inception of the HWA. They've wrestled uh, hundreds of times, know each other very well. Uh, you pretty much know what you're going to get from each of these wrestlers, and uh, I think it's going to be tough, you know, to, to 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 surprise anybody. And you know, let's look at it. We got Fritz von Stone with the megalomaniac jackass in his corner, and <laughs> Sabu's got Chaz in his corner, and just comes down to who chicanery comes out on top, but. I, I think, um, I don't know. I think Sabu, Sabu wins this because this could be his swan song. I think even if, if he, even if he wins this title, I think uh, six weeks, he may just decide to, to, to call it a career. And, you know, we may be having a tournament for that television title in the upcoming season, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take Sabu in this one. All right. So we got that. And with that, we move on <laughs> to the women's championship match. This is the one we talked about here. Lucy fur versus BT goth. Now, when it comes to picks here, I think, uh, I think it's all going to come down to fire <laughs> yeah, to, to make a point here that Lucy fur, she had that, that title taken away from her. She's been pissed about it ever since. And she's been training and she's gonna She's, she's ready for this match. BT goth toughest little girl I've ever known, but even uh, against her, against the way Lucy's fired up about this. I, I think she's, she's going to be losing that belt. Lucy fur for the win on Saturday. I'll tell you every time I count that little girl out, she just throws egg on my face. <laughs> And and and, uh, and well, and I'd like to put something else in my face, but, but right now, let me tell you this. <clears throat> Excuse me, old CR got a little bit a uh, little bit crazy off there. <laughs> bring it, bring it back down to come on, CR. Bring it down. Uh, I, I won't make a comment about that's where eggs come out of. But uh, oh, Jesus, yeah, I just oh didn't. no, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. Damn it. But anyway, uh, you know, Lucy Fur. Uh, I don't know. She's just very very tough, uh, and she's very you know she's a big girl. Uh, and like you said, she's got all the motivation in the world. She she never lost that title. It was stripped off of her. And, uh, 
so she's got the motivation, but BT got that. Like I said, every time I count her out and say, you know, oh, she did this girl's too big, but no. She has a heart of a champion. I think she's going to show that heart. And I'm going to take uh, BT Golf to, to defend her title on this one. All right. Uh, with that, we move on to the Inner Horseman title. It will be the fit sixth match of the night. And it is going to be the Snowman versus Bob Zombie. Now, with this one, Snowman, tough as nails. A, a big guy um, has gone up for some titles, has held a title once or two, or once or twice, I think. But uh, going up against Bob Zombie, Bob Zombie has a new thing. He's, he's got gold in this corner now. Now, uh, he normally has a taste for brains or for uh, you know what what have you, uh, maybe a little blood blood here and there. But now he's got a taste for gold. He's got that belt. You saw when he got, when they got that from the referee, it was almost like he was a different guy. I think he wants to keep that title. He's going to keep that title. And the snowman's going to be out of luck uh, on that match. For my money, the snowman is probably the second most intense competitor that we have and we all know who the first is it's it's corporal punishment he's nuts <laughs> he is i'm telling you that man is insane uh, and he he just has a horrible disposition he the meanest man in the hwa if you ask me but the snowman's right up there with him not as far as being mean but he is all business in that ring and he is a technician and he has that uh, that devastating the snow cone i believe it is that submission maneuver maneuver that he has and uh, his, uh, this may be, I don't know if this is his first uh, title match at a pay-per-view, if this is his first time in the bright lights. You know, Bob Zombie, he probably doesn't even know the lights are on, you know, because <laughs> lights are on and nobody's home with that guy. That's what happens. But yeah, I'm taking the snowman in this one. I just think his intensity is going to be too much for Bob Zombie. He's going to come in there. He's going to be all business. And I think he's going to walk out with uh, the strap. That, that is going to be a hell of a match because uh, Joe Petito, after losing, losing from the duck, he may just be getting it right back on this show. Uh, after that, we have the TLC match. It's going to be the uh, f four new ladies, of course, Mosh, Mosh Pit Margo, Pretty Miss Scarlet, Jamie Bondage, and La Tarantula. <laughs> a one-on-one-on-one-on-one. On one on one. If, if it was a team effort, if it was arranged somehow differently, I could see uh, uh, any anybody possibly winning this. But you got Mosh Pit Margo. She's just a dynamo. It doesn't matter who she's up against, old or new. She's got a TLC match with right there. The the uh, the atmosphere of that match is just brutality, and she's she's a tough little bitch. <laughs> to be fair, not not the not the rag on her. I mean, I mean that in a good way because I don't want to beat me up. But uh, I think she's got this locked in uh, on that TLC match. Well, I asked you before, are any of these four women managed by, by Deuce Albino? Pretty much Scarlet is, uh, pretty much Scarlet is in, uh, the corner with, uh, Maxi pads. So, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's one of the, one of the corporal or not the corporals, the, uh, the, the admirals. admirals. Okay. So this is his second, second dog in the fight, but it's not for a title or anything. So, right. uh, well, I'll tell you, this is a, an interesting match. Cause, uh, again, it, it seems like, uh, the, the HWA went, went out of its way to put, uh, the four new girls in the match here. And, and, and I got to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed because, you know, we have people like uh, Masato Mayhem and BT Goff uh, not getting a shot here at, 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 the, at the big show. And I think they're very deserving. Um, maybe it's the HWA. Maybe it's our, I mean, our, our dear commissioner's uh, <laughs> idea of showing off the new talent. Uh, I didn't hear that. Stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, sorry about that. And. So, uh, just make sure, and of course, this TLC match is going to be, you know, we, we always talk about these are tough for me and you to call because you got things going on all over the ring. I mean, there's uh, tables, ladders, chairs, women in and out with everything, you know, boom, boom, boom. It's tough to call, but uh, this is uh, this type of match, it, no skills involved. It's all luck and timing and it's a flip of the coin. So, uh, uh just, I'll throw in, I'll take a lot to Rancho, Just, I think she can get up and down that ladder a little quicker. Yeah. She's probably one of the, the fastest wrestlers we have uh, in that uh, crew there. Uh, after that, we're going to follow up with the manager's championship, Chaz Segner versus Aaron Varhola. I, I think this is 
pretty cut and dry. I mean, both of these wrestlers are going to beat the shit out of each other. There's, I don't have any questions about that. Uh, but as far as the winner goes, I, I think Aaron, since he's the holder, he wants to keep that belt. Chaz, as we mentioned before, not real. This belt is not a big deal to him. He's he's more interested in pounding on Aaron, I'm sure. Uh, so he might walk away with it, but I think Aaron probably is going to want it more, and uh, he'll he'll be able to take the championship there. Uh, the manager's championship, but you know, I've said it before. Chaz is kind of uh, yeah ho hum about it. He if he wins, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't really uh, put too much into it. He, he he's he. I think he'd much rather Sabu and. Uh, and, and Katungi have titles, and he'd probably like to see the corporal get the. He'd like to dominate the, the top three. I think if he get the corporal in there, and he could, I think if he could hold on to those top three championships, he wouldn't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, certainly no love lost for, uh, between these two men. Uh, it's a rematch of that Rusty Cage match where Aaron was uh, lost and was suspended. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of motivating factor there for Aaron to get some uh, revenge or, or some payback. Uh, you know, he already walked away with two hundred fifty thousand. I mean, oh the. Uh, liberal lawyer. <clears throat> we all know who the hell that was. That was the biggest <laughs> farce I ever saw in my life. But anyway, uh, and, and I think t- it's a bad matchup. I think just uh, Aaron has Chaz's number. He never seems to do well against him. Uh, I don't know for whatever reason, but uh, Chaz, will, Chaz will get his pound of flesh, but I, I look for Aaron to uh, to walk out of here uh, and, and retain his uh, manager's championship. Right. Uh, after that, <laughs> here's one that we need to be talking about. <laughs> no, I, I really don't think we need to talk about it because uh, this match just isn't going to take place. Okay. Um, any reason why you think it wouldn't? Uh, Saul. Saul's on the case. I called Saul. Oh, okay. You better and, call uh, Saul. You know, yeah, exactly. Saul is uh, working uh, right now. He's already filed some paperwork, and uh, uh, I believe uh, in, in, in the coming day, uh, well, I know we're running low, we're short on time here, but uh, he, he's assured me that uh, he, he will be filing the paperwork, and he doesn't see a problem getting an injunction. Interesting. Can we get him on the line? You, you, you uh, he should be. I, well, he's yeah, probably in the office. Let's, I mean, try, let's sure. try to get him on the line because I'd be interested to hear what the, what the status of that is. Can we? Um, there you go. Okay. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Hello. This is Saul. Saul. This is Keys and uh, Cr from uh, HWA Radio, and we hear you. Oh, have... Mr. Keys, it's so good. It's good to talk to you. How How are you today? Oh, we're very well, thank you. Um, oh, that's very good. You have some interesting news for us, I, I believe. that We're talking about the grudge match here at, at Halloween Hell Blue. And uh, it, it, CR informs me that th- this match won't take place. You have something uh, something in the gears there. What, what, what's going on with that? Well, we have we have filed a petition for an injunction. Uh, we, we don't feel that uh, Mr. Ross is an on-air talent. He is not a, a wrestling talent. And therefore, he, he should not be uh, subject to... Uh, to, to, to be, uh, in other words, the, the, the commissioner has absolutely no jurisdiction in this matter, and uh, he has no right to place him in this match, and he's just uh, usurping his power, and he's overstepping his bounds, and we filed the proper paperwork, and we're just uh, waiting to hear from the judge, and I think it's just all academic, and, and CR, I'm telling you, I, I think this one's in the bag. All right. Well, it better, sure, sure as hell better be. I ain't getting in the ring with that, that sick son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's, we, we, I think we've proven our case. It's, it's, it's cut and dry. You're an on-air talent. You, you, you're not a part of the, uh, the, 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 the full-time wrestling roster. You, you're not a manager. You don't have a license. And all you do is you, you know, you, you have a pretty, you have a pretty cushy schedule. You know, you just show up for these pay-per-views. <laughs> well, damn it, I can't get all that. I can't fly around the goddamn. I'm old. I gotta be quarantined. I'm lucky I can get where I'm going. But anyway, you know, uh, that's just how it is. 
That sounds like a good plan there, trying to just keeping you out of there uh, through, through the courts. I mean, typically HWA is not uh, real court-oriented anymore. Uh, we used to have uh, the, the bunch of the, the Ninth Circuit's I lost our phone number. We're on their block list now because of some of the. Well, shit I, can, that I can tell you this though about this. You know this little, uh, and, and and I hope that I hope the commission is listening to this because I'm very very upset at you, Pedro. And you know what? You can't make me wrestle people because I'm just I'm I work for CSE and I work for Chad Singer and and, and I'm an accountant and a lawyer and and you're an asshole because <laughs> oh, you God. didn't you didn't you didn't put my Masato in a match and she deserves to be at this pay per view because she's beautiful and she's a great wrestler and she takes care of me and she likes to rub my tushy and she should be in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're we're gonna be there. We're gonna be at the, at the pay per view. We're gonna be sitting up in Mister Sega's luxury box, and we're eating hors d'oeuvres and we're having some nice drinks. And afterwards, we might go out and and do a little celebrating if if we win some titles or something. Mister Sega, we, we, we might have a party or something. And 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 Keys, this time he's gonna invite you. Oh. We made, we made sure of the, of the oversight of last time. We made sure, we said, look, Keys should be here. He puts in a lot of work for us, and 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 and, and you're going to get your invitation, and, and and you can come to the the after party, and you know there'll be there'll be food, booze, hook. I mean, some girls to entertain people, and you know, <laughs> uh, Mr. Sagan does have to throw a party, but I have to go now because I got to check on this injunction. I got to dot the T's and cross the I mean dot the I's and cross the T's, <laughs> and uh, me and Masato are going to go out. We're going to get some matzo ball soup and have a good time. So uh, all right. we'll see you later at the pay per view. All right, bye. <laughs> Enjoy your tushy touching. Uh, so <laughs> keep your tush to your you better just make it that injunction, I'll tell you that much. Well, as uh, ZZ Top once said, he's just looking for some tush. Uh, so with that, well, I, I guess, know. very I'm interesting. Know, I, I'm a little worried here. So should it, we're a couple days away. We should already have that damn injunction. It, 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 I, I don't know what the hell's little, taking so long. I, it, they, I guess with all the COVID, the courts are backed up or something, but... Uh, I, I'm not even worried about this. There ain't going to be no match. That's possible. Well, at least you got the, the how many days are left here. You got a couple days. And uh, as long as they, Saul stays on, Saul, Saul's the man to go. He's the go-to guy. So uh, good news there for, for well, for anybody but the people watching the show, because that cuts it down to nine matches. But uh, I'll play, I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate well, here. Well, hell, if you want to have 10 matches, you go wrestle the goddamn rubber duck. <laughs> I'll pass. I wouldn't mind uh, wrestling that, uh, that pretty good hey, well, If the HW wins 10 matches so bad, maybe Pedro can wrestle the rubber duck. Get his old wrinkly ass out of retirement. <laughs> Jesus. You're really you're really warming up to him, aren't you? <laughs> well, anyway, well, I just can't believe this man is trying trying to just uh, 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 arbitrarily put me in a match. I, I'm not a wrestler for Christ's sake. He has no no uh, nothing to do with me. Well, if the rubber duck and Chuck Ross match up, then it should uh, well it should be interesting to say. I'm not even going to make a pick on that. We don't need to discuss that any further. What we do need to discuss though is the main uh, event here. And maybe we could talk Gene and maybe we could talk Gene and the wrestling the rubber duck or something. <laughs> Gene and the rubber duck. Oh, that's 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 far well, too much grossness to have. We'll just <laughs> we'll just give about six or seven martinis and tell them we just turn them loose. <laughs> you might have a lot of fun down there with the rubber duck. You'd be hallucinating th thinking it's some uh, some tall blonde chick uh, with uh, a yellow bikini on. Yeah, I think he's watching uh, the, the stripper with those feathers. But I'll tell you, you know, uh, <laughs> I think if the rubber duck gave him a, a feather duster. He might piss himself. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. Uh, that duck ass in the crotch in your face is just, uh, got to be careful in there. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this world championship here. Now, people have been asking. Uh, I know a lot of people on the site have been uh, checking in with me, say, you know, what's the deal? Why is Booker dude getting a title defense? And the, the truth of the matter is that it, it all comes down to the latter. Now, if the two top uh, competitors were going at it, it would be Katungi versus Fuzz Pigman. 
And that's obviously not not going to be an option here. Chaz would not want that uh, to to have his own two guys going up against each other. So the the third one, uh, whatever it does, it just kind of jumps up in until Katunga loses. Then Fuzz Pigman will have his chance. But the the third third competitor in that uh, situation happened to be Booger Dude. So as far as the match goes, I think it's probably going to be pretty academic that Katungi's going to take him apart. Uh, but uh, you never know. Like I say, anything can happen in the HWA. But uh, Booger Dude, I think he's going to put up a valiant effort uh, regardless. He's he's done some some amazing things lately. He's had a lot of chances. Uh, he's he's proven himself to be a good wrestler, but I just don't think he has enough to, to go up against Katungi this Saturday. I shake my head. I don't know what I I understand. We have this system, the, the, the sabermetrics or whatever, the analytics, whatever you use to determine the you know, we have the spinner that picks the matches. We got all this other crap. We got all this technology. We don't have any common sense for Christ's sake. <laughs> Who in the hell put together Booger Dude and Katungi for the Booger Dude wrestling for the world title? That is a joke. This match is going to be, it's going to be a microwave match. <laughs> yeah, it could be. If you're going to get something to eat or drink, you better get it before this match because you're not going to have time during. Uh, Katungi is going to massacre this man. It's, it's, it's just, it's academic. And I know you might be thinking I'm taking the Booger Dude light. Maybe I am, but. Uh, this buffoon, he just, he, oh, no, oh, no. And of course, he, well, he's managed by the Admiral, too, so I left him out of it. And uh, I guess the Admiral, uh, I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe he just, uh, you know, he's looking for gold in all the wrong places. So I'd actually be I thinking think. if uh, the, the Booger Dude going up against Katungi, there is a, one situation that I think he would pre- might prevail over him. That's if it was a tag team match. You had the Nosebleeds versus FU Incorporated. And I think he ha- might have a much better chance there. But going one-on-one, I'd, and with especially with uh, Chaz in the corner, because it, normally Katungi would be with Saul, but Chaz has been uh, more hands-on uh, with Katungi being the world champion. He wants to be there, especially during the biggest pay-per-view of the year. So, yeah, I, th- I think, this, like you said, it's academic at uh, Katungi. Yeah, you know, we talked about how, I mean, Chaz just, he, he puts so much uh, emphasis and there's the, the priority is to hold on to those singles titles and, and you know, as you said, any other any other match, you're going to have Saul. And I think Saul, uh, once Katungi is no longer the champion, Saul is actually going to be the manager of FU Incorporated. Oh, uh, he will he'll be he'll be uh, coming to them to ringside. But again, as, as long as Katungi is wearing that shiny gold belt, Chaz isn't going to be far from him. And uh, again, he we all know that he likes to do everything to, to help his men win, and he doesn't want to lose those titles. And uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't care if Chaz is there. I don't care if if if. Uh, I don't know if Billy Barty is in the, well, he's dead, I guess, but bad reference. I, I, it doesn't matter who's in Saul's or so somebody short and uh, not, not versed in wrestling. Whatever. It doesn't matter who is in, in Katungi's corner. He is going to steamroll the booger dude. And he, it's going to be like Katungi's going to blow his nose and throw that Kleenex away. He's just going <laughs> to hit it. The booger dude has no chance. This is if this was a five star, you know, bet lock. If there was a line in Vegas, old CR bet the ranch on Katungi. <laughs> Your new ranch. I'll bet. <laughs> well, that'd be a yeah, good well, bet. Maybe, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just bet Gene's cabin. <laughs> or that poor dead cow. Well, anyway, well, that's, uh, that dead cow, that was a couple of steaks a few weeks ago. I can uh, tell you that much. Oh, good. I hope you got more than a couple out of it, but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Had a nice side of beef. Me and Gene, we made oh, all kinds of stuff. We had some chili, we had some burr. Oh man. I, you, you think he drinks a lot. He eats a ton. <laughs> He's such a little guy though. <laughs> he must have, he mu- his metabolism must be like hyper speed because the man never, 
gains any weight as much as he drinks like a fish. He eats like a horse. Either that or maybe he's in that cabin chowing down on X-Lax or shits everything on. I have no idea. <laughs> well, we'd have to get a hold of uh, Stevie Steamer to talk about that. But He uh, screws up my septic tank. That some bitch is going to be in trouble. <laughs> he fills it up anyway. But uh, that, that'll do it, folks. Uh, we got the, the biggest event coming in. Uh, this is, like we say, this is a Thursday show. All you, you got to do is wait 48 more hours pretty much. Well, a little more than that. But by the time this airs, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. Be be there to join us. Uh, uh, do I have to tell you? Halloween, October thirty first, ten p.m. Eastern. Uh, be sure to be there. And uh, you go hwarules.com takes you right to the right to the YouTube site, and uh, you can join us live there. And uh, be sure to comment, uh, so click subscribe, click the, uh, the the bell so you get reminders and everything. And uh, as for, for the podcast, HWA or somewhere, uh, it's uh, anchor.fm slash HWA rules. Be sure to subscribe. And with that, I guess we're about to close out here. Let's uh, go ahead and get some music going. And uh, we have any closing words from CR going into this big event? No, nope, just looking forward to it. The only uh, the only bad thing about it is it's being held in New York City. Well, yeah, we'll have our, t- we'll have our plane tickets out to New York City. Maybe catch a Jets game. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, you're gonna waste your time, are you? I got better things to do. <laughs> if I if I knew who they were playing, and uh, I, I might root for the other team anyway. But uh, that is it here. This is uh, HWA Radio. Thank you for joining us. Maybe, maybe I can get Saul to take me to Katz's Deli and get me a big old pastrami sandwich. Maybe you could. Uh, we'll have a good time out there. Hope you have a good time too. See you soon. <laughs>